Right, welcome back everyone. Uh, it's currently episode seven of Oz Hoopers TV. We took another two week break, which is my bad. Uh, been real busy, but we're back. We've got a special guest on today, Corey Homicide Williams, uh, the voice of the NBL. Uh, me and Hashi came for this one. The energy is triple six and minus plus. Then gotta put them crosses on before we met. But time we taking out today, my type of stress. stress. I send them bless my bus surprise, they gon' collect. Ain't see yo in about two weeks, but how you doing? But this Bugatti cost me three out ten. What's up, Corey? What's up, Corey? How you doing? Good, man. What's happening? Not much, not much. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to jump on. We appreciate it. I'm glad that we were finally able to make this happen, man. We got a lot of flat stuff to talk about. It's a lot. It's a great time of basketball. It's a great time for hoops right now in Australia. For sure. All right. First of all, before we start, I just want to, we're going to um, put together a little giveaway for all our followers um, and Homicide's followers. Uh, we're giving away some Wolf merch, uh, the Wolf brand, uh, a hoodie and a shirt. And we're also going to chuck in some Oshoopers uh, socks and shirt. Um, so we'll chuck, we'll, that'll be up by the time this goes up. Uh, make sure you guys enter uh, to get to have a chance to grab that stuff. Um, first of all, let's get into the Wolf brand. Um, talk, about, talk about to us how it came about and what does the Wolf mean or represent? So... A patient wolf to me is an ambitious individual that works hard till their dreams come to fruition, right? It's just a, a person that's hungry for success. And the whole goal at the end of the day is to hit their mark. Whatever you set out to do, you stop on, you don't stop until it's done. You know, there's a lot of people at times where they say things like, well, you know, it just wasn't for me. And you know, the time wasn't right. That ain't a wolf. A wolf don't make excuses. A wolf goes after what he or she wants and gets it. It's a no plan B mentality. It's straight plan A. It's going to work. I might hit a road bump. It may not happen overnight, but I'm gonna put this work in until I get what I set out to get. I get what I set out to achieve. So that's what a wolf is. So when did you come up with the brand? Came up with the wolf brand about, uh, 2013, 2014, something like that. I was hooping um, in Lebanon. I was hooping in Beirut. And I just got tired of just wearing other brands all the time. I felt like I knew what style was. Um, I knew how to come up with a, a solid logo that I liked. It was really more about I, it, um, me liking the brand, me liking the logo. And I just felt like I know how to rock fly stuff. So if I can create something for myself, I would just be proud to wear it. And it aligns with who I am. So if you rock with me, you rock with it. And anybody that's been following my journey in my life with this game and things that I've been able to do with it and the whole just not giving up, I embody what the wolf is. So that's why I created that. We, it's been a huge season in the NBL. Um, obviously, you've been following it and covering it. Um, who's winning it all this season? Perth Wildcats is winning it all. Can you give us a reason? Three coming up. Three peak coming up. It'll go five. It'll be, it'll be a great series, but um, their team, their makeup, you know, every possession, they play hard. Like, there's certain intangibles that this team has, and they're consistent at it. And they may not be the most talented team with the biggest names, but it's that when we get on the court, we're about to handle our business for all 40 minutes and we're going to continue to do the same thing. You got to match us. You got to outmatch us at what we do. You got to outwork us every possession. You know what I'm saying? You got to lock up. You got to crash these old boards. We're going to continue to run the same thing. At the end of the day, if it's a tie game, we got the best play in the comp. We got the best import to ever play in this league. My money's on them. If I'm a betting man, I'm betting on Perth. I don't bet. But if I was to bet, I'd bet on Perth. Did the, did the loss to Melbourne last night worry you at all or no? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Melbourne went home and did what? Laid an egg yesterday to Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, B. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, 10. Yeah. 
you could you you beat us. That's cool. You know what I mean? Melbourne's a stacked team. They really are. But in a series, I'm putting my money on Bryce Cotton. Yeah. I think we can't, said that too. Yeah, can't Bryce, argue with that. Even before, even before Will Magnet came on board, we I thought Perth were the goods, man, with their experience and who they got. Mag Magnet yeah. just makes things ten times ten times everything ten times better. Yeah, and, and for me, um, Will Magnet's not coming in looking to score. You know what I mean? He's gonna come in right now. He's gonna do the same thing like Miles Plumlee did last year. Rebound, set good screens, dive hard, finish strong at the rim, protect the rim. That's what he's going to do. So with Will Magnate in there, he wants to get back to the league. He wants to win a championship. You know what I mean? So he's, he's going to do all the things that's necessary for that position and to help this team win. Um, another big announcement that happened in the NBL today. Um, I know you were very excited for him. Josh Giddy has announced that he's shutting his season down. Um, what do you think of the move and how far can Josh Giddy go in the NBA? Well, first of all, we got to go a little bit deeper into that. Um, for those who don't know or who may know, for me, the whole Next Star initiative is genius, right? They created a way, a small country in the world who is a day ahead of everybody else in America created a way. And the real test was when RJ and Melo came here. Right. Here's why I say that this is the future of basketball. Right. These two young kids come from America and come in this league. Let's see what they do with all their followers. We're going to really see not only what they're about, but can they can they can they make it? And if they do, the whole world is watching and everybody after them are going to want to take those steps and come here. So this thing was a big exposure um, test for not only RJ and Mello, but for the NBL. Because mm -hmm. if the whole world is watching at all times, the exposure that this league is gonna get is global. And Mello is, Mello's reach is ridiculous. We know this, if you don't know now, you know. So for him to do that, they did their part, right? Great. But the next crop, who's gonna be the next crop? Josh Giddy, Mojave King, right? So now enter Josh Giddy. Mellow Ball didn't have pressure on him because him entering this league, he was a late second round, he was a late first round pick. He was like ranked like 54th or some, mm. something like that. Some people had him late second and stuff like that. Right, so he, he there was no pressure on him because no one expected him to do what he did. Exactly. He played his way to be arguably number one. Great. Josh Giddy comes in. After seeing these two next stars, Melo's about to be rookie of the year. RJ Hampton finished up strong as hell with Orlando, right? Didi's now with New Orleans. So that crop did what they needed to do. The tone is set, the bar is set. You do this, this is what's going to happen. I don't know if you guys looked at it like this, or anybody looked at it like this. Josh Giddy had the most pressure because the bar was set. The experiment is no longer an experiment. We know this shit works. Exactly. So now they get drafted. Giddy comes in. Young fella, six months would change your life. You saw what's happened. This is the day of the draft. You're watching this. You know what you need to do. Come in with the right mindset. Focus. Put your foot on the gas. Don't let up. This should have changed your life. You do it right. Good luck. My words to him, draft day. Same to Mojave. So for him to right now, we see what he did. Not one triple-double. Not two. Three in four games that separated himself from even the mellow talk you know what i'm saying mellow had two and shut it down exactly. he had three now for me people are like yo top five is set is blah 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 no it ain't exactly ain't nothing set if you don't learn nothing about this game you telling me after he got back-to-back -back triple doubles those the, the teams with the top five picks automatically not going to look at that 
especially with Melo transitioning and then about to get rookie of the year. What does Melo do getting rookie of the year? He doubles down to let you know that this league is official. So if a kid that is 11, 7, and 7, Melo averaged 17, 7, 16, 7, and 7, he's five points off and added another triple-double. This kid is for real. That's what it says. So GMs would have to take that into consideration. Now, if Melo tanked it, then it would have been like, all right, that shit was just a flop. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But for him to stand up, do that. Jay Sean Tate, what he do? First team all rookie. You understand what I'm saying? RJ getting in the right situation, what he do? He starts shining with Orlando. So clearly this league is legit to give you the goods. And uh, it's like boot camp here. It's official. You're playing against grown men in a world-class league. Your skill set can transition if you are doing really well in the NBL. You can transition and immediately have an impact in the league. That's what's proven. How could he be not be in conversation at top five with three triple doubles, six nine point guard, eighteen years old? Come yeah, on, man. He's got it, and it also, it also That's helps. The future of basketball in Australia. Yeah. That's the future. He ain't he ain't no shooting guard. He ain't no small forward. He ain't no center. He's right. a point guard. For him to do this and go, worst case scenario, top ten. That changes the trajectory of junior basketball in this country. It's like, yo, Melo was dope. RJ was great. We got our own. We got our own homegrown talent coming through the NBL and now going to the NBA. One of our own that we watched do the next stars, he's going to the league, top, top five to top ten. Uh, That's incredible. That changes the whole trajectory. Now kids are really like, yo, listen. I can make it to the league. I just saw Giddy do it. If Giddy can do it, so can I. He's inspiring a whole generation. That's powerful. That's powerful. I think. I think it. I think it helps as well that he's the only one playing. The other top five picks his college seasons are done for. He's the only one still playing. So I mean, everyone's got their eyes on him. The whole world watching. The whole world watching. Arguably, he can be in conversations with GMs with those top five picks. Yeah. You sure we don't need a 6'9", 18-year-old point guard? Do we want to uh, pull the trigger on a 6'9", 18-year-old point guard? I wouldn't be surprised he don't go top five. I would not be surprised. It's a big call. Let me just flip that a little bit. I, gotta, I just want to ask a question. I get it. Like, the numbers speak for themselves, and the kid's supremely talented. We know this. What about... Skill set wise, eye test wise, what about in terms of guarding other point guards in the league? What about his three point shot? You think he's going to struggle in certain areas? Yeah, he might get drafted. You think he'll survive in the NBA? What did everybody say last year about Melo and his jump shot and playing defense? What's the I, difference? I, what's the That's difference? Rookie of the year. That, That's that, rookie that, of the year. It was similar. It was similar. Every, comments. Everything y'all can say, not y'all, but everything critics said last year about Melo. He can't play defense, right? He doesn't know defense. Uh, he can't shoot. He's rookie of the year this year. Coming up. 100%. It's uh, matter. When you get there, put the work in. Continue to be better. Continue to shoot the ball better. He's 6'9", and he's, he played better defense this year than Melo did last year in the NBL. I can tell you that. So if Melo's out there not getting his ass busted and not getting blown by every five seconds, there's no reason this kid would. I think I think Giddy's situation, me and Hesh spoke about it before. Everything sort of lined up for him. Um, last year, obviously, LaMelo came through and made the NBL. Everyone has his eyes on it. And obviously, he's a year right after Melo being the next star. And he had the chance to go to Melbourne United, but he chose, nah, I'm going to go to the 36ers. And they're going to put me as their guy at the point guard. They've got two good bigs in DJ and Humphreys. And then Donald Sloan left midway through. And I just think everything fell in place for him. And yeah, we're all backing him. Um, we're gonna we're good, let's talk about Mojave King. What yep. what are your what are your thoughts on the situation down there in Cairns? Um, I didn't like how that was handled. Okay. I think that as a next star, you should have like why take a next star if you don't plan on playing a minutes, right? Exactly. In the preseason, um, he put up good numbers. 
He did. And in the regular season, he barely played. So I thought he would get more minutes. You know, look, at the end of the day, I'm not the coach, right? I'm on the sidelines with an opinion. So, but I just felt like he should have gotten more minutes. You're losing anyway. Mm. Why not play him? You're not winning without playing him. Right? You're not winning without playing him. Why not play him? All I'm saying is, you're not winning with your main players. Exactly. They're down 20 Why in the fourth. Why would you not play <laughs> your next star? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If anything, at some point, we're not making playoffs. We suck. I might as well help this young fella get um, on the job experience and help get him in a position to potentially get drafted because we know he's talented. But, you know, anybody could be talented. But if they're not getting playing time, you'll not, you'll never know. What, what, why do That's you think the, what, why do the Cairns Taipans suck? What was the big difference from last year just, to this year? The defense sucked. Like they didn't play defense. That's the heart and soul of that team. They was pretty much brought the same team back, exactly except that. DJ Newville. How was that? The blue guy. I think that that was defensive player of the year. Of course, he had to yeah. guard the best wing players, right? The best players from one, two, three position. He was the guy, and he led the team in scoring. But I think obviously there was key injuries. But even before those key injuries in Kawhi and in Majuk Dang, they was losing anyway. I thought they was going to turn it around at some point, but it didn't happen. So it's real disappointing how bad they look. And they look bad with them healthy. Mm. And then it just all, once Majuk Dang went down, that was it. Then Kawhi Noy went down and that, that was it. The wheels completely fell off. So I thought at that point, um, they should have played him more. Um, what, what's one thing you think the NBL can improve on? Um, oh man, it's a good question. We gotta, um, I want to get us back in the building. <laughs> yeah. we, we're, we're commentating in the studio. I want to get us back in the building at the games on the sidelines. B. Yeah. We need to why, make that happen, NBL. We need to get us back in the games. Um, I think it was more of, it was just a financial move. Okay. Just put, put all the commentators in the, uh, the studio, the hub. Yeah. But funny enough, with that, we did it a year before COVID. And then at COVID, everybody had to be in the hub. So kind of like the NBL was just ahead of the game already. <laughs> For sure. It was a difficult adjustment at first because commentators usually feed off the fans and the energy in the building. Yeah. Right, a, a, an amazing play happens, and the fans get hype, and the commentators feed off of that. And so it's um, hard to get hyped when there's like this was difficult <laughs> in the beginning. It was difficult because you have to generate your energy up mm. in the studio. But um, we got past that. It was just a challenge that you had to step up to, and um, you know, look at the challenge eye to eye and and raise to it, raise to the occasion. So we did that. But I would love for us to get back into the building in the arenas. Well, what about um? What about reflecting back on on your time in the league, man? Obviously, you spent a bit of time playing. Um, do you ever think back to your experience in NBL and, and how it's changed? Um, I just uh, the league is just not. The league was good when I played here. It was it was a lot of talented players in the league. I just felt that the the exposure, like people, didn't rate Australia, right? They didn't rate the pro league here. Yeah. The league was always tough, but they didn't rate it on a global stage. So I think the marketing that Larry Kesselman, Jeremy LaLiga did, and the rest of the team pushing it, I think it's, it's done a great job on marketing the league. Like, I don't care how good you are. If nobody knows about you, it doesn't matter, right? So Larry made sure that they pushed this league and got the right pieces. You know, when you're doing things like, NBL versus NBA games. Come on, man. That's epic. It's like, damn, hold on. Let's pay attention to this league down there. Then when you get the players getting to the NBA, coming from this league, it just raises the level of the league here. And it's time. 
I mean, let's really think about this. The most participated sport in Australia is what? Basketball. One of the best junior programs in the world, AIS. The Boomers are ranked third in the world and haven't even medaled. That tells you how legit that team is, right? We know what the women's program is, right? The Opals, they medaled. They, they the real deal forever. They've been the real deal. Now you got your domestic league, one of the best in the world. The wave is Australia, B. And that's why what, what you guys are doing, that's real dope. You're exposing junior level talent. That's how it starts. This ain't no, what y'all doing ain't no different than overtime. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's no different. Y'all just repping and holding y'all country down, showing the players that y'all have here, male and female. Got to start somewhere. Why not start with you guys? Y'all doing a great job. Appreciate that, bro. Um, we'll get into your playing career and your personal career. Um, how did you fall in love with the game of basketball? Um, one day I was bored and I went and watched my brother play. Really? All the brothers three years older than me. I had nothing to do. I said, I ain't got nothing to do. What you doing? He's like, I got a game. I was like, all right, I'll go with you. I got nothing else going on. Walked in that gym, fell in love. That's good. Instant. It, it wasn't even love. It wasn't, it wasn't obsession. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I need to learn how to play. I ain't that good, but I just want to play. I want, I want to learn. And I just, growing up in New York City, that's the Mecca. You know, babies are coming out the womb with a basketball. So that's what we do. Everybody who. Bunch of players are nice. New York is known for the point guard. So it's a bunch of guards out there. I wasn't that good, so I had to work my behind off to catch up and slowly but surely, you know, I caught up. So we we're talking about Josh Giddy's route and Mello's route, but your route is actually very interesting. Um, the way you were um you took it. Um you attended a JUCO for two years, I think, I read. And then you um you won the division two title and were named an all JUCO first team. Um you then attended Alabama State. Averaging 13 points, five boards, and two assists. Um, and you didn't get much attention in high school and college basketball. Um, you attended a small D1 school. Um, and then you took your talents to street ball. So talk about that decision. What what was going through your mind in your second year? And what made you go, like, street ball's the way to go and see if I can take a shot? Well, um, once I graduated college, you know, I was in the dorm reading Slam magazine. It was just talking about Rucker Park and how guys, uh, you know, get opportunities to get college scholarships and, you know, NBA players go down there and play. And Rucker Park was always like Madison Square Garden. You know, we didn't really care about the Knicks, for real. You go uptown in the summertime to Rucker Park, we cared about the playgrounds. And that was just the biggest, that was the real dream. Get a Rucker Park jersey, get a uniform and go ball out there in the summer. You know, so... I just felt like this was the only way to get a shot to the NBA. That's how naive I was. I actually thought if you dominated street basketball, I could maybe be seen, you know, by an NBA scout, go bust an NBA player or two on their ass and get a shot to the NBA. I, I didn't have any other alternative. You know, I really didn't have another shot. Nobody helped me. And that's, that's just, I just felt that, NBA players in the summertime for street credibility play street ball. So if I could catch them in street ball and outplay them, maybe that could get me a shot because I'm not getting in an NBA camp. Nobody knows me. And that's the only thing that I could do to help myself get exposure this is what I'm thinking no one's never done that before me because a lot of these players never needed the park see there's a difference if you want to go rock up and play at Paran Summer Jam just yeah. to show love and play but there's a player out there that needs that tournament and maybe he could match up with an NBL star and if he gives him 40 that could potentially get him exposure to get a shot in the NBA. I didn't want to play against an NBA player that gets no playing time. 
if I bust his ass, he don't play. So, you know, I, that's not a, a somebody I could hang my hat on and say I gave 40 points to or gave 30 points to. I need a legit player that's in the rotation <laughs> to, to bust his ass to then use that as um, a stepping stone to hopefully get a shot to the NBA. And it took a while, but that um, that's exactly what happened. I had played against Ronald Test. I, was, I played against a lot of NBA players and scored 30s, 40s. But it was really more about the Ronald Test situation changed my life because at that point, he wasn't meta world peace. We're talking about Indiana Pacer, Ron Artest, true warrior, defensive player of the year in the NBA. So that's the guy I had um, I had dropped 26 on him at Rucker. And uh, I got MVP of the league after that game. And that changed everything mentally. That's, that's dope. Talk, talk, talk more about that Ron Artest situation. Did you know he was coming to the park um, when he rocked up? Did you pick him up and say, nah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, they brought him here. They brought him for me. Okay. They brought him to guard me because that uh, that team they were stacked, but um, they didn't have any guards that can guard. Like the last time we played, I might have had like thirty seven on them or thirty five, something like that. So they knew in the playoffs, like we we got to find somebody to stop homicide. And um, Ron, they got Ron. <laughs> so um, it's a big pickup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lost by two. Double teams started coming. And right there, it was just like mentally I knew if the defensive player of the year one-on-one couldn't stop me and they had to double-team me, couldn't nobody stop me one-on-one. And that ended the summer at Rucker. Then I went overseas and played. And I came back in the first game at Rucker that next summer. Um, it was against Rough Riders. And they had uh, J.R. Smith, Dante Jones, Kenny Satterfield, Ali Moe, a.k.a. the Black Widow. Big strict. I had 45 in that game. And um, after that, that I got my shot to the NBA with Toronto Raptors. Um, I've, I've been on Twitter. One, one question I wanted to ask you um, might be a bit controversial, um, but I've been on Twitter for a while now. Um, I know you're on Twitter. Um, I've seen Andrew Bogut comment a few things, taking some shots um, at you on Twitter. Um, I think I read that you criticized one of his performance in the playoffs um, and he came at you saying you're a mini Stephen A. Smith or something. Um, what's the go with that? <laughs> well, what's the go with that? And how do you, how do you deal with hate and how do you like deal with criticism of players and stuff like that? Well, first of all, everybody has an opinion. So sure. you can't be giving your opinion and not think other people are not going to give their opinion about you. And if you sure. can't deal with that, you shouldn't get this job. That's number one, right? Two, everybody's not going to, going to like what you say. If you can't deal with that and you just want to be liked by everybody, don't get this job. Don't have an opinion. Um, Listen, Bogut is one of the greatest Aussies to ever do it. I don't hold anything against Andrew Bogut that he says about me. Doesn't matter. Give him my opinion and like he's giving his opinion. No big deal. Um, yeah, again, uh, you can't be in this situation if you are afraid to give your opinion if someone gives, says something back to you. Man. If you ain't built for it, don't do it. So it's all good. Trust me. If you don't have people getting taking shots at you, you're not doing your job well. French Montana said, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. That's a so, good I like you know, it. it's just what comes with it, man. I don't really call it hate. I just feel like, you know, if you're doing your thing, I worry when people ain't talking. For sure. That's fair enough. Lays into my question, man. Like, how do you get into, on the flip side of it, you say you, you express your opinion on things and that's your job to be able to do that. Um, how do you go about the criticism of the players? Like, do you, I know you have no filter. I know you speak your mind. I know you as a player have thick skin to be able to handle that. And, you know, you didn't really care what people said and you backed your ability. You know, how do you think, do you care about how you may make players feel about some of the things you might say? I keep it basketball, right? If you keep it in basketball and you backing it up with stats and numbers and it's facts, 
what do you want me to say? If you're stinking it up, do you want, how do you want me to address this? You know what I'm saying? Do you want me to say, well, he's just not having a good day? Well, how many times am I going to say that? What about if, I'm sure you, as a player, you understand it as well. What if players are, uh, are affected by things that are not basketball related, but there's a lot thrown going on in their head or whatever might be happening? And no, you're a pro athlete, man. You got you are you a pro athlete, right? You get paid a lot of dough to put on. If you can't handle it or you're not built for that, don't play. When I had to suit up, I had to put on. Or I didn't eat. So I approached this game different. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not saying you gotta approach it like me. But you're talking about to somebody that's done it his whole life. I'm not like a person who never played and is talking. So I got the stripes and I got I got uh, enough stripes in this thing to talk about it in that manner because I handle it the way I had to handle it when I was on the court. So I know if you're not built for this, don't play. If you're scared because you you upset it, somebody gave an opinion, you in the wrong sport. But you don't got no problem when I'm patting you on your back, right? You understand what I'm saying? So if you're gonna have a problem if I have an opinion about you and you don't like it, say to me, you're Corey, you're giving me compliments. I don't appreciate that either. Don't talk to me when it's one way. You understand what I'm saying? If you ain't got a problem with me saying, yo, Mike, you doing your thing. John, you killing, that's incredible. But you got a problem when I say something when you stinking it up. And I don't say it because of one game. I'll say when it's three games in a row, then I'll say something. Because again, I was a player. Who attacked somebody after one bad game? Come on, man, that's whack. That's not right. Was I perfect? No. Did I win a championship every year I played? Of course not. But I'm gonna hold myself to a high standard when I come out. Win, lose, or draw, you're gonna know my name. No, that's fair, I get that. I get that completely. Just yeah. on, a, on another topic as well, something that I wanted to pick your brain about that was a bit controversial a little while ago. I don't know if you followed it up. Do you see that whole Liz Cambridge thing? Elizabeth Cambridge came out with that, talking about how maybe certain certain minority groups aren't represented. She was talking about Olympics as a whole, but she's taken shots at Basketball Australia as well before about, you know, how the, the African community or other communities aren't represented as much, and even though there's a lot of talent. Um, uh-huh. What are your thoughts on that, man? Have you had any experience with that being being an import in this country and things like that? Well, in terms of her uh, Liz's um, comments, like for me, I'm not Australian. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. just got here, <laughs> so I don't really know what's been the how long it's been going. What Liz is saying, you know what I'm saying? So. I can't really have an opinion on it because I haven't been here for the long haul to really understand the politics of it and what campaign was what this year versus a campaign that was maybe like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know all of it. So I can't even comment on something like that because honestly, I'm a visitor here. Um, yeah. Whether people like it or not, um, people are tuning in to hear what you say. Um, I saw something you said, you were like, I'm not like this because I'm on TV. I'm on TV because I'm like this. And I thought that was <laughs> You like that, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that one. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll get into our fan questions. We chuck these on our story for our followers to ask you. Um, the first one is, could you have guarded Bryce Cotton back when you were in the NBL? And how many, points would, have, how many points would he have had on you? Well... I don't really compare. I really don't. Like when I'm done with the game and I'm content with what I've done with basketball, but I don't go into, into that. Like I, like if you ever see me talk about the game, like I don't talk about what I used to do. You know what I mean? I call it for what's going on today. Yeah. And Bryce Cotton is tough. For me, he's the greatest import to ever play in this country. So I would know. I just enjoy what I just enjoy watching what he's doing in this game at the highest level the league's ever been. So he has my ultimate respect. Uh, what about yourself, man? Who's the best player you played against? That's another fan question. Um, 
the best play I played, I played against LeBron when I was uh, preseason with <laughs> preseason, preseason with the Toronto Raptors against Cleveland. Oh my God. We walked out, listen, we walked out there, shoot around. They just finished coming off the court. And uh, this is 07, right? So I don't even know how old LeBron is. This might be like LeBron three years in or some, something like this, right? Yo, and I could be wrong. Maybe he was in there a little longer. His one leg was like two of my legs. LeBron is a machine. See, it's a lean LeBron now. This is like year 17. Think like year seven LeBron or like, you know what I mean? Like year six LeBron, dude. Un unreal. Or year five, something like that. But uh, LeBron, LeBron was unreal. That's that's a good answer. I don't think you can yeah, get much better. Than, I don't think you can get much better than LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, you ain't getting no better than LeBron. Um, someone asked, "What's a normal day in the life schedule look for look like for homicide?" <laughs> Golly, man! Like I have a lot of big, uh, big goals. So like, even when I'm not working MBL, like I'm working, I'm doing other stuff, you know, personal development, uh, other projects. So I get up, jump on my phone, see what's going on, start doing some stuff on socials, go grab a coffee, call my daughter, time zone, you know, look at the cryptocurrency markets, check in with the crypto whales, um, make a couple calls in America, I need to start working back out again. I was I was doing the 28 day fitness challenge where I was working out every day for 28 days. That was nuts. But um then I'll do some emails. I'm I'm always sending off an invoice somewhere for doing something, seeing what, what the schedule is on the whiteboard, and then just knock it out. So every day there's always some stuff going on and yo, listen, be ready. It's it's a big, it's a big announcement coming soon. So you know the week is always on the job. The wolf is always on the job. Sure. So it's something, it's something big. Be ready. It's something big. All right. We'll keep an eye out. Don't, don't be too mad at me if I start acting brand new. <laughs> something big is happening. All right. so, uh, I'm excited for what's to come. You know what I mean? I'm excited for what's to come. Uh, you know, it's a great day and time for basketball in this country, man. Like I said earlier, like it's a lot. It's a lot going on right now. This wave is only going to get crazier because the talent is is getting more and more. Someone else uh, was talking about that wave and the talent. Who do you think is one player that um that may be underrated that you've seen or that you've had your eye on that potentially has some NBA caliber potential? Anybody? Well, I'm going to go through each team, right? There'll probably be one player on each team. Melbourne United, Jock Landale's out of here. Yep. He's to the league, right? He's, he's, come on, he's a real deal. Um, John Mooney for Perth. Okay. He'll be to the league. Who's in third place? Southeast. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Keith Sykes is nice, yo. He's nice. You know, Mitch Creek back to normal. Um, I like their team, but Keith Sykes is that deal, B. He was just injured. Especially you these know? last two or three games. Last three, even going in, even going in. Uh, who's in fourth? Oh, come on, Tyler Harvey, B. Yeah. Tyler Harvey's float game is ridiculous, yo. Yeah, he is a problem. Yeah, he is. He's a problem. Um, but NBA, NBA radar, Sam Frawling, I like. Who's in fifth place? The Kings. Kings, Kings, right? Kings. Um, if they were healthy, they would have made the top four. They were healthy all the way through. They would have made the top four. Xavier, Xavier Cooks, Cooks has a chance. Xavier Cooks. Yeah, yeah. I rock with him. Dayan Vasilovich. I, I love him. Who's in who's in six? Bullets. Bullets. Um, that the the tall young fella, Harrison. Yeah, you know, that's Hush's yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, man, that's my Harrison. <laughs> Harrison to have a chance, you see? Yeah. Harrison to have a chance. He's developed a lot. And Lamontis is good for development, young big man talent. Obviously, we saw that with Will Magne. Um, yeah, he, he's going to have a chance. Adelaide, you know, DJ has been killing all year. Isaac Humphreys, before he got injured, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his.
Mm. I'm a huge fan of Humphreys. What about um, Sunday? You like Sunday's game? I think Sunday's going to be defensive player of the year. I'm with that. I think he's going to be defensive player of the year. I think he's he's done a tremendous job. And, you know, we talk about getting opportunity. And this is a guy who was getting no fucking burn in Perth. Mm. Right? And he goes to Illawarra, rocks up and gets tight. And with, with Mello, they in the gym. And Jermaine Jackson, they in the gym. It's the unseen hours. You can show up to practice. You don't get better in practice. You get better after practice. And you get better before practice, the hours you put in to develop yourself more, self-development. So when you get these opportunities in the game, you put on. And there's no secret why Sunday Detch got better. He put in the work. Gets the deal at Adelaide, multi-year deal, starting, and he's been consistent all year. I would, that's the guy somebody should ask me. Who, who, how would you play against Sunday Detch? 6'3, wiry strong, locked down. I would have still had 20 something, but <laughs> that's who you ask. Yeah. Um, what about the breakers? Fendelaney's killing. But Delaney's turning off. I love the I love the I love the Webster brothers, but um Finn Delaney's killing. Um and the last one, the type ends. Well, he just left. <laughs> yeah. Damn Cam right. Oliver, baby. Yes, sir. Um, the last fan question is I don't know if you have your eyes on some of the young guys coming up in the country. Um, but who's one young gun that you'd like to give a shout out to or that you like coming up? Yo. What's young fella name? You start with a D. Dyson Daniels. <laughs> yes, sir. He's next. Dyson Daniels. Yeah. I'm hearing a whole lot of good things about the kid. Fact. So uh, we'll see what's up. But he all is. the young hoopers out there, all the young hoopers out there, keep doing your thing. Never know how much I might pop up in the gym. And you know, I, I'm with the young wave. You know what I'm saying? First mellow, RJ. Now it's Josh. I'm annoying. I'm rocking with the young cats. Sure. So I'm going to start popping up in these gyms to check on y'all when them tournaments start dropping and stuff. You know, that's, that's one of the things that that's next on my, on my list is to uh, start popping up in the tournaments to see what's the young talent um, looking like uh, countrywide. You know what I mean? I might be in WA. I might be in Queensland. You know, South Australia, New South Wales, and obviously Victoria, like when the big junior tournaments is popping, you know, just just peek my head in and see what's going on. Because my whole thing is like, I'm going to have my finger on the pulse. We're going to know what's up. So that's just that's just inevitable. That's just the next step that I want to um, I want to do. Um, a thing we like to do every week is our 10 quick questions. Um, these are just quick fire answers. Um, Number one, who's the most underrated player in the NBL? Jesus. <laughs> Isaiah Liafa, let's go. Good pick. Great pick. He's come up big. No nonsense type of guy. Let's go. Yeah. All right. What's your pet hate? Day to day, life, pet hate. My what? Your pet hate, like something that just gets on your nerves. Oh, um... I hate a woman with bad shoes on her feet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's an awful shoe game gotta be the shoe game gotta be serious. Like uh, I hate that. Uh, um who's who's in the headphones? Who's your favorite artist right now? For all oh, time? I'm listening to Jake. I'm listening to J. Cole new album right now. For sure. Bumping. Yes, sir. Okay. What about um favorite as brief as possible, favorite trash talk story of all time? Um I'm gonna say uh me and uh me and Smush Parker. Okay. One time we was at Pro City playing. I um I think I finished up with like uh, like 40. And um we was talking shit and then he just he was at the free throw line and then he took his hand and wiped his socks with the NBA logo. It was like, like I'm in the league, you ain't motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> he was like, he looked at me, he was like, 
wipe my socks off. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Hey, Reese wanted to ask them as well. I know it was supposed to be quick, 10 quick questions, but there was something that happened during your career. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw, I saw a clip on YouTube. Um, you were trash talking some guy on the sideline while, while you were with the um, Townsville. And you didn't, there was a post-game interview and you're like, what did he say? And you're like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. But can you go into what he said if you remember? Uh-uh. Probably Simon Devlin. My, he, what, what, was I in Perth? Oh, when I took my jersey off and yeah, showed him. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, well, 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 he's the number one heckler. Like, he traveled around and would heckle the hell out of me. And I never played well in Perth. And yeah. I always lost in that arena. So I know the box he sits in. And uh, I just went and just was talking mad, just mad, you know, gave him a piece of my mind. He never said anything bad. Okay. He was just a, a really good heckler who knew how to get under my skin. And I never won there. So I can't talk trash when you don't win. So it was like it was just all the frustration of losing and all the heckling he do. And I just uh, unleashed it. So it, he created that moment. I know it's a little bit off topic, but Perth, man, you know, my first introduction to you, Corey, when I saw you, when I was a bit young, I'm a bit older than Reese, so I saw her live. You went around, this, I might be off right now, tell me if I'm right. Did you go around signing posters in Perth of their... (laughs) (laughs) So, we are, like my first three years, I was with Townsville, then I left, went to Greece, didn't get paid, came back, signed late with with the Melbourne Tigers, right? So we go play in Perth and they had a championship banner that they ran through. It was like a a big square, right? Just like a big square, rectangle, big U-shape, right? And they run through. Yeah. So one face, one side of it was Damian Martin. The other side was Kevin Lish, right? So I took a marker and... Gave my signature on Damian Martin's neck. So it looked like like my name was tattooed on his neck. And then my teammate screenshot it, took a photo of it, and then uploaded it on Twitter. But then our team manager uh, got it off <laughs> with turpentine. So by the time the photo went up and they That's ran funny. into the venue, there was nothing on the boat on the on the poster. Yeah. But Twitter went crazy. They like homicide defaces the championship banner and puts his signature on Damian Martin's neck. So I'm playing it up. I'm like, there's nothing there. Like, what are you talking about? It gotta be Simon Devlin, that heckler. He has it out for me back. Like, I would do all kind of little stuff like that or whatever. And like the media came to practice. It was on front page paper, it was on back page paper. And we ended up beating them again in Perth. <laughs> so we beat them. And I said, follow me on Twitter in the post-game interview. I, I forgot. I think I finished with 30 and we won, right? So, they, you know, post-game interview. I said, follow me on Twitter and I'm going to tell you everything what happened. This is when Twitter first came out. So, I mean, yeah. imagine me saying that like now. Like, it's, if I played now, I would have a million followers easy but just a different time you know what i mean yeah but it was fun yeah i had wrote on the banner but there wasn't no proof okay um what's your what's your favorite what's your favorite possible shoe of all time my favorite basketball shoe i would say mine yes sir i um you know the company kicks k1x kicks in germany anyway i have my own signature shoe from k1x Call the 187s, which is the police code for homicide. So I got MVP of the league in the NBL balling in my own shoe. Like I was walking down Melbourne, like when we played Melbourne Tigers and like my shoe is in, is in Foot Locker. Like this shit was like so it's ill. It's a dream come true. Yeah, because it's like, you know, usually only NBA superstars get it. So it's like, that's like, Again, it ties back in into the wolf mentality. You understand what I'm saying? Like, whatever you want in this world, you can go get it. What about um, what's one food that you cannot eat? You just can't stand. Uh, chitlins, pig intestines. I ain't eating that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we like to ask this every week. Celebrity crush. Ooh. Celebrity crush. 
Who would I crush on? <sighs> Everyone else's answers are kind of quick. <laughs> I mean, ah, man. I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a celebrity crush. All right. Okay. All right. One moment in time. Favorite basketball memory. Just one moment. The second. I think uh, it was dropping. I think it was getting on the NBA court in preseason for the first time, playing against Utah Jazz, Darren Williams. I'm like, yo, I'm really here. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, LeBron or Jordan? Mike. All right. Easy. Easy. I know you've already answered this, I think, but I'll ask you again. Who's the best MVP to ever play in the NBL? I say, I say, I say Bryce Cotton. Uh, no self confidence. Huh? No self confidence. You want to say self? It's set up. It's set up to say. No, no. I would, I would say, I would say Bryce. Like I tell you honestly, bro. Like. I'm not the guy. As much shit as I talk and as much as I talk, like, I really don't talk about myself. I'm content. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got that out my system. I got the game out my system. I don't need to, like, really, like, you know, I'm me. I'm Nah, I'd rather talk about y'all, B, and what's going on. You know what I'm saying? For sure. All right, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up there. Uh, make sure you guys go check out the giveaway. Uh, thanks, Homicide, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I appreciate the love, fellas. Keep doing y'all sure. thing. We're going to link up in real life, too. For sure. For sure. Very soon. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. All right, sure. fellas. Have a good one. Catch you later, bro. Peace. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we're, we should be back next week. No promises because I keep saying that. Um, but, yeah, we will be back next week. Um, merch is out. we got this giveaway coming up, so make sure you uh, comment under that. And go check it out. We've got a few under 20 state mixes still coming on the way. Um, but yeah, appreciate it. We'll catch you next week.